When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ted Robertson welcoming you back to TV Confidential radio talk show about television. Very happy to welcome back five-time Emmy Award-winning writer, producer, director, journalist, and cultural critic John Barber. John Barber, creator, producer, principal writer, and one of the original hosts of Real People, well, those of you listening to us in Los Angeles also know John as the critic at large for KNBC Channel 4, the NBC affiliate in Los Angeles, and the longtime movie critic for Los Angeles Magazine. If you're a scholar of John F. Kennedy, you know that John Barber is the only man who has produced three films on the JFK assassination, the first one being the Garrison Tapes, the second one being the American Media and the second assassination of President John F. Kennedy. The third one will have its world premiere on Wednesday, November 22nd, the 60th anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy. That film will be the third, uh, John's third and final film on the subject of the murder of John F. Kennedy. It will premiere at the Lomley Town Center 5 in Encino, California, Wednesday, November 22nd. It will play for an entire week. We'll talk more about that in just a second. John Barber, welcome back to our program. Oh, my gosh, what a wonderful, wonderful introduction. It's so great to see you again. And, of course, you say that I was one of the original hosts of Real People. I was actually the creator of that show. Yes, you were. When a year before that, when I was 46 years of age, I was unemployable in that city because of being the most criticized and quoted critic in America, there were so many producers and actors and directors and everybody who wanted to get rid of me. And I was the first one to review movies on the news. And I'm the only, the, uh, when we had a fairness doctrine in this country, as a matter of fact, when John Kennedy was alive, there were 1,500 different owners of television stations and radio stations and a network could only own seven stations around the country, same with the newspapers, but the worst uh, president in American history signed the Communications Act in 1996, which put that all into the hands of now only five corporations, so anybody under 30 is not known a free press, but I did a review of Soylent Green, Charlton Heston, Edward G. Robinson. 
wonderful memory. Do you remember? Tell the audience what the premise of what what it was about. And it was to detail. It was done in the seventies, and the year it was supposed to be taking place in was twenty twenty two. Just last year. So tell the audience what it was about. It's been a while since I've seen it. It had to do with like a food stuff that was bad for you and that would that was ultimately going to kill the human race, if I remember correctly. Well, no, no, it wasn't that. It was the human race running out of food, and but they were never running out of dead people. So what they were doing is they were uh, recycling dead people into green crackers so that people could get three squares a day. <laughs> and it was just an absolutely god-awful movie. And, you know, sometimes I felt really bad. I hated bombing a movie, you know, because I loved... When I found something I really loved, I loved enjoying telling it to the, about the audience, you know. I saved... Uh, Alice doesn't live here anymore from being totally destroyed. Scorsese's film, which I'll get to in a minute, that I loved because Warner Brothers was going to trash it. They hated the movie. But anyway, I'm doing the review of Soylent Green, and then I tell the audience, you know, there are hundreds of people that work on a movie, but they don't work on it to destroy something. They're trying to do something creative. Yeah, nobody tries to make a bad movie. Nobody does, but sometimes it, it, the stew doesn't just work out. Yeah. And I say, this is really god-awful, but I think, now I'm beginning to feel guilty and I'm on camera. <laughs> I, I think I should say something really nice about the film. And Tom Snyder is sitting next to me and he chuckles. Remember Tom Snyder? I do. Six o'clock news, he chuckles, he says that. Uh, the Tomorrow day. Show, too. Yeah, and he, he only I could hear him, he says, that'll be the day. So I said, I have to tell you, the sets are beautiful. And then I felt guilty for lying. So then I said, the sets would have been more beautiful if they'd been placed in front of Charlton Heston. <laughs> Well, my God, Tom Snyder went crazy with laughter, and you're not supposed to laugh in the newsroom. Yeah. And this is his greatest line when he went to commercials. He looked into the camera and said, some of us will be right back. <laughs> so anyway, the producer at Fox calls Bob Howard, who's the general manager of KNBC, and the guy who hired me over a lot of producers' warnings, don't hire Barber, he's nothing but a troublemaker and they demanded that he hire uh, fire me and bob howard said if i fire johnny barber my wife's going to divorce me she just loves that guy she stops everything every monday wednesday and friday to look at him and his reviews so the producer said well in that case we're going to withdraw the advertising for the film and bob howard said be my guest and more than that i want equal time and Bob Howard says, well, you're going to have to go uh, uh, elsewhere for evil time, equal time. So he went to the local courts. And after about eight months, they turned him down. Then he took it to the California Supreme Court, where he pursued them for two years, and they turned it down. He eventually took it to the U.S. Supreme Court. And it was ruled on five years after my initial review 
and they denied him equal time. And guess what the Supreme Court Justice said why they were denying him? Because it was a terrible movie. They said John Barber's review is of absolutely no public importance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was actually through a movie review that I actually met uh, Frank Sinatra. So, and and I, you know what? I'm an agnostic, but I must tell you, in in my book here, which is called Your Mother, you your, see this? Your mother's not a virgin. Yeah, the bumpy life and times of the Canadian dropout. Well, bless your heart and thank you so much. Is uh, I just held. I, I mean, uh, uh, John and I are talking via via Skype, folks, and so John held his uh, John held his book to the camera, and I held mine. So, uh, well, well, thank thank you, thank you so much. But uh, any what I was going to say in my book, I even talk about how I became an agnostic when at first I was a believer, but I must say absolutely magnificent things have happened to me as though it were divine intervention which which brings me to something i want to say do you remember the fugitive with david jansen absolutely okay in the opening sequence bill conrad was the narrator and he and he sets up the audience blah 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 and then fate moved its huge hand and yeah. extricated richard kimball from going to the death house i thought of that phrase fate moved its huge hand several times as I read Your Mother's Not a Virgin, John, and I thought of that phrase, fate moved its huge hand several times as I watched you in your docu-presentation, John Barber's and William Shakespeare's final word on JFK. Well, I must tell you, I am so impressed by you because not only are you interesting in yourself, but you are truly interested in this. And you know, Mark Twain said, the two greatest days in your life are the day you're born and the day you discovered why. And I discovered why when I saw Jack Parr, by far the greatest late night talk show in history. I didn't know that people had conversations. I just thought they yelled and they punched and threw beer cans at one another because that was my upbringing. And he opened his show with a comedy monologue that was wonderful. And I thought, I want to be like Jack Parr. And so I decided I had to be a comic first. I didn't even know I could write a joke. And I sat down on five minutes i wrote a great five minutes and a week later i was working at a club in santa monica called the horn with glenn uh, with uh jim neighbors jim neighbors jim, yeah. neighbors jim neighbors so i hate to use the phrase but i've been blessed and you are the only one that i told harlan my publicist and my friend i don't want anybody to see the film and he mentioned your name, and I said, well, he's the only one I'll show the film to. So you're the only one who saw it. And I highly recommend it. If you are a fan of John Barber, if you are, are, if you're a scholar of, of the JFK assassination, if you're a scholar of Jim Garrison, John Barber's and William Shakespeare's last word on the murder of JFK will have its world premiere at the Lomley Town Center 5, 17200 Ventura Boulevard in Encino, 
California, Wednesday, November 22nd. It will have scre uh, three screenings that day. And, John, I understand it's going to play at the Lemley for an entire week, correct? Yes, for an entire week. And my first documentary, which is the Garrison Tapes, which came out in 92 and won the San Sebastian Film Festival Award, and that was the film that Oliver Stone said is the absolute wonderful companion piece to his film. When it came out, my partner was Freddie Weintraub. Mm -hmm. And Freddie, because I knew nothing about I knew how to make, I was a great storyteller. I knew how to tell a story. I didn't know how to sell it. Freddie was one of my best friends, and he uh, brought Bruce Lee to Warner Brothers. He brought Woodstock to Warner Brothers. And being my best friend, I called him and I said, would you help me promote this uh, film? And when it was time to turn it into DVDs, uh, after it got rave reviews in the LA Times and San Francisco Chronicle, we were selling hundreds of thousands. And I said publicly, the first money that I'm going to get, I'm going to start a scholarship at Tulane University in the name of Jim Garrison. And Oliver Stone sent me a note and he said, count me in. So I never saw the money. <laughs> My partner did what they often do in this business, put it in his own pocket. And then the second film I did, which was called The American Media and the Second Assassination of JFK, is by far the most definitive film ever made. And it is Jim Garrison being totally unhindered by the press or the government and he gets to tell his own story and it's magnificent it'll be around a hundred years long after JFK is forgotten and any other book is forgotten this one will be there it's only two dollars on Amazon now I'm doing the third one because I thought when I put it up my son said to me my son is a co-executive producer of Criminal Minds mm -hmm. and one of the writers. Something he had to do all on his own, I might add, because he could get no help from his father because <laughs> my bridges were all burned. So he did it. He's so bright and sweet and wonderful. He did it. He did it on his own. But when I put the second one up, he said, Dad, charge 15 or $20. That is absolute gold. And I said, Christopher, you don't understand. If I put it up so that everyone can afford it, $2, I know that Oliver Stone will say to his million followers, you must see John Barber's new film. And a million people will buy it. It costs a million dollars to buy the scholarship at Tulane University. I had all the information. And I, I will get that done in a week or two weeks. Never heard another word from Oliver Stone. He never said one word of support of my film. And one night, George Knapp, do you know the name George Knapp? Uh, yes. Yeah, George Knapp is my second best friend here in Las Vegas. He saved the first movie, the Garrison Tapes, from oblivion because nobody would talk to me about the Garrison Tapes 10 years ago. And he heard about it, and he asked me to send it to him on a Friday. He called me on a Saturday. He said, I host Coast to Coast on Sunday. So come on over. That saved that film. And, of course, he is 
the best host of Coast to Coast, much better than that idiot George Nury, who threw who threw me off when I told the very true story about the origins of real people and the fact that Richard Pryor was going to be my Byron Allen when we had it under contract to ABC, and we can get to that later. So anyway, what Oliver did, he made a multimillionaire out of James Douglas, an author who was not selling his book at all. It's called The Unspeakable. Mm-hmm. And the book costs $48, not readable, and it takes two and a half weeks to read, and my film is $2 and only two hours and 10 cents to watch. So I, that, that's why when Harlan said, well, you would like to look at it, I said, bless him, he's the only guy I will show it to. Anybody else wants it, I don't want to go on their show. John Barber's and William Shakespeare's last word on the murder of JFK will have its world premiere at the Lomley Town Center 5 Theater in Encino, California. It will premiere on Wednesday, November 22nd and play uh, for one week at least at at the uh, Lomley Town Center 5. Tickets and more information, 818-981-9847 or go to johnbarbersworld.com. And as John mentioned, his other two films on the subject of Jim Garrison and JFK. The Garrison Tapes is available for free on John Barber's YouTube channel, John Barber's World, while uh, his second film, The American Media and the Second Assassination of John F. Kennedy, is available for uh, $1.99 to watch on Amazon.com. But the last word of uh, John Barber's and William Shakespeare's last word on the murder of JFK World premiere Wednesday, November 22nd, Lonley Town Center 5 Theater in Encino, California. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. One more item. Our friends at Coda Life offer group sound bath meditations once a month at the Woman's Club of South Pasadena. A sound bath is a deeply immersive experience that uses sound waves generated from music and instruments in an intentional flow to create deliberate relaxation that produces renewal and recovery both for the central nervous system and the energetic body. For more information, go to kotalife.com, C-O-T-A-L-I-F-E, kotalife.com, or at kotalifegoddess on Instagram. Hi, this is Nancy Olson Livingston, and welcome to TV Confidential. just set up one of my next questions for you, John. Wonderful. I've I've known you long enough, at least I've talked to you long enough, uh, to know that you are a great orator. After watching your one-man performance in John Barber's and and William Shakespeare's last word on the murder of JFK, sometimes I think you missed your calling. I mean, sometimes I think you should have been a professor. You know, you're not the first one to say that. (laughs) There is a lady in Serbia. His, her name is Alexandra Miletic. She is by far the most brilliant writer in Europe. She is only 37 years of age, but she read the first Greek scholars in the original Greek, the first Roman scholars in Latin, the French scholars in French, and she's Serbian. Her fifth language is English. She thinks my book is one of the greatest books ever written in America, 
including Mark Twain. And her reviews, it when she was nine years of age, she reviewed American movies. She became an American movie junkie at nine years of age. Wow. And she had these little booklets and stuff like that. And to me, we started to talk about it, and I, I'm so thrilled that you met. She did say that all of John Barber's work is so informative and often funny, he should be a professor. <laughs> That's exactly what you said. And I said to you just before we went on the air that to me the greatest moment I ever spent as a critic in a theater, I saw it three times, was Hal Holbrook as Mark Twain tonight. I mean, it's just, and what a writer, what a writer. And I've always dreamt of really doing a one-man show. Uh, but I had to do so many different things just to support my family. And I was able to do them successfully, but I became so controversial to so many people. I got fired so many times. And uh, so anyway, uh, the other one we mentioned was Spalding Ray. Yes. In Swimming to, to Cambodia. Cambodia. One of my son's favorite film, and I think was nominated for an Oscar. So I'm glad that you mentioned what my which what my movie is. It's like a one-man show in three acts. Yes. There's the opening about JFK and the rest of that. The middle part is about the greatest and only disappointment in my life. And the rest is about going to England to find my father. And when it worked out that we wouldn't work out, I had a lucky break coming home in the train and I read in the newspaper that the Castle Theater was looking for actors. And I auditioned and I got the job. And the movie ends up, as you know, with talking about Jim Garrison's favorite character and favorite speech in Hamlet, which is the six greatest short words ever written in history, which are to be or not to be. And my son said to me, he almost gave me a standing ovation in his office when he watched the end of that. To me, it was it was a surprise, John, because you start the film off angry. You start oh, the film yeah. channel. You start the film channeling um, uh, Howard Beale. Um, yes. In, in in network, I'm blanking on the actor who played him, Peter Finch. Ned, Ned, no, Ned Beatty. No, no, but no, P Peter Finch played Howard Beale. Yeah, Peter yeah. played Howard. Ned Beatty played his boss. Yes, and so you start off channeling Peter Finch as Howard Beale, and that sets up a nice little discourse about how Chayesky, who wrote the screenplay for Network, was decades ahead of his time in setting up the the current state of the media. In yes, because if you look at it now, it's no longer a media. It's no longer a movie. It's a documentary. <laughs> it is. I mean, um, it, and the decline of absolutely everything in this country, from taste to class to dress to intelligence, absolutely disappeared with the murder of John Kennedy on November 22nd, 1963. It is still a cold case at the Justice Department. And it's interesting that you and I are speaking today because thanks to Oliver Stone's wonderful movie, 
JFK, it was in the uh, late uh, 90s that Congress passed the Records Assassination Act, and it ordered three years ago in October, even while Trump was president, that all of these files be released by Congress, congressional order, never released. And here you have Donald Trump as president always crapping on the news, saying it's all fake news. Well, he could have reversed it with his pencil. And the same thing, Biden could have could have reversed it. So Trump not only backs down to, to the CIA, but this week, earlier this week, Biden publicly says, I'm stepping back from Congress in the order to release the documents. I leave it in the hands of the CIA and the CIA pointed out they will never again release the documents. And the original lawsuit was brought by a guy named Jefferson Morley. And he brought the lawsuit 10 years ago. But he didn't want the CIA's files. He wanted Jim Garrison's files. And the, the uh, Warren Commission's files supposed to be le released about 23 years from now. Mm -hmm. But Garrison's files won't release for another 25 years after that because they name the names. And the court in New York, Morley finally had his hearings while Trump was president on getting Garrison files. He didn't want CIA because the Garrison files belonged to the public. They belonged to the district attorney's office and the family in New Orleans. And it was ruled against him. And guess who the judge was who ruled against him? The judge that Donald Trump appointed to the Supreme Court. There you go. It just, it, which goes back to Patty Chayesky about how... how yes, how um, smart he was. Yes. How brilliant he was. John Barber's and William Shakespeare's last word on the murder of JFK will have its world premiere at the Lonely Town Center theater in Encino, California, Wednesday, November 22nd. It will be playing at the Lonely Town Center 5 for one week. Tickets and more information, 818-981-9847, or go to johnbarbersworld.com. We'll talk some more with John Barber when we come back on TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at tvconfidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time homebuyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.